This week on the Boag World Show, we look at how I organise my marketing efforts and how I get the maximum return from my time. This week's show is sponsored by Gather Content and Resource Guru. Welcome to the Boag World Show, the podcast about all aspects of digital design, development and strategy, although I don't know why we say development because we normally avoid talking about it because we don't really know very much about it. But there you go. <laughs> My name's Paul Boag and joining me on this week's show is a very wonderful Marcus Lillington. Hello, oh, Marcus. Thank you, very wonderful Paul Boag. Yeah. What a nice thing to say. I, that's a good way to start because I feel like today's show is going to be a bit of a therapy session for me. Well, <laughs> you know, I've got... Do you know... I, I, I like having guests on the show. It's great. And we often have guests. But yeah. I have to say, if it's, when it's just you and me, which it hasn't been for ages, has it? It feels more relaxed somehow. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, it just feels like you and me hanging out down the pub. Yeah, I can't remember the last time we just did one with the two of us. Basically, yeah. it's, it is more interesting if there is someone else on the show so generally speaking that's a good thing but you're right it's kind of once in a while we should allow ourselves just a bit of a chat well i don't know i mean is it more interesting All be, right. uh, Some, sometimes it it's is. more interesting <laughs> it's more interesting for us because you know we're bored of one another but i don't know i'd be interested to hear from people that are listening to the show right what you know after they've listened to this show did they feel like it worked okay with just the two of us or actually do we need somebody else do we need a guest Hmm. um but you know it's a lot of work getting guests as well um and i feel like i've now just run out of people that i know so (laughs) just keep getting the same ones back on that's work for years paul i know but i'm getting bored with doing that it's like there's only so many times you can talk to Jeremy Keith and Andy Clark and you know they're boring aren't they really we had that guy on last week from co-schedule or co- he was yeah co-schedule but it's find, it. finding new people is always yeah. a bit of a challenge so mm. if you're listening to this and you fancy being on the show I what you know why not even if you're not necessarily an expert on this on on the field you know just having someone else on the show another point of view I mean we've got talks coming up we've got subjects coming up on video the use of video in in uh, content marketing. We've got a talk coming up. We're going to spend a bit of time talking about tone of voice and writing for the web. So if any of those things vaguely interest you, drop me an email, paul at boagworld.com, and we'll have you on. You don't need to be internet famous or anything like that. You know, if you've got something to say, I think that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think that now's the time for a confession from me. What's that? Well, I was thinking when you were saying that, I was like, oh, tone of voice, writing for the web. We should get Ellen DeVries back on. Um, yeah. Because she was great, wasn't yeah. she? Yeah. Um, right. Well, she messed up her recording, right? And I think I probably mentioned that to you. So she recorded yeah. all three of us, so I had to go through and chop out all the bits. And I, I, right. I, I emailed her to say, look, any chance you've got like a raw version? I can say, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. No. And she said, uh, oh, no, I haven't. I'm really sorry to put you out, but I'll get you a present. Oh, now that's why you want her back on. Uh, well, no. Well, yes, that would be nice. Um, <laughs> but no, she got me a present because she felt that she kind of messed up. Oh. Uh, and the present was basically a little kind of mini, tiny mini hamper from Marks and Spencer's oh, full of chocolate-related items. 
which you didn't share with it me. It was fantastic. Now I considered, considering I had to do the fixing of yeah, no, uh, fair of, enough. Of it, that it was for me. Yeah, but, no, no. But I'll she enough. said, um, make sure uh, this was after I'd eaten it all. Um, she said, "Oh, I hope because uh, I said thanks very much for our email. Sent her a picture of it. It was lovely, lovely, lovely." Uh, and she said, "Oh, make sure you share it with Paul." Uh, and I said, "Okay," or words to that effect. Uh, okay, and uh, you'd already eaten it after I'd eaten it. Well. I know what a pain in the arse it can be editing the show. So I don't resent you. I don't resent that. You earned that in that particular case. And but, you've had to deal oh, with some pretty shitty ones recently. The, so. the, the weight off my shoulders and chest now is so, it's, you know. You were I've, living with guilt, I've confessed, were you? and now the guilt has left me. Oh, oh so, so much better. I'll have That's okay. That's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll forgive you. Yeah, we ought to perhaps get Ellen back. But I feel like there's other people out there as well. And, you know, it'd just be good. And I think a lot of people think, oh, I can't be on the show. It's like with the Lightning Talks, people feel they have to have something specific. I don't care. Well, anybody. Well, the Lightning you know. Talks for me was the best season in a long time. Yeah, Because, exactly. and I think, and this is straight off the top of my head, I haven't thought about this, but I think it's because it wasn't all the expected names. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I'm thinking next season I'm going to do something very... Um, kind of broad i thought we'd do something like user user interface design so there'll be tons of of you know designers that can come on and share maybe a bit about a project they worked on or or whatever else but this time we'll do it we'll we'll include them for the whole show we'll get them in and you know Mm. actually you know on the show and and rather than just the talks but yeah it's i just I, I think it's nice to have guests, but also I do like it when it's just us. It's good. Well, yeah, I basically in a very long-winded way of agreeing with you, and we should do it mm. more often. Exactly. Maybe do it so, in the pub. Oh, that's such a good idea. We could do a whole season <laughs> from the pub. And in fact, we could we could record the whole season in a single sitting. So as the season <laughs> goes on, we get more and more drunk. Oh, no, That'd be I was such thinking a more, funny one. more sort of pub crawl style. It has to be a different pub every week. But yeah, Ooh. either one would do. Yeah, no, I like <laughs> we that. Would, I like we'd this really plan. annoy people, though. Who are these idiots in the corner blathering on? Yeah, that would be. <laughs> we'd have a, to have a special room, wouldn't we, to get drunk in by yeah. ourselves. That's another thing we ought to do, mine, is a meetup. We haven't done a meetup for a I went to um, a meetup oh, in I Southampton. Yeah, I saw that. Mm. I was impressed yeah. by your keenness, Paul, thinking. I'm not sure I would have gone, but I well, should. But I should. This is the whole. This is the. This is the theme for this show. I should. Yeah, should do you that. Should and didn't. Mm, no, didn't. Well, that one. That one came about because I did a the news. I sent out a newsletter. Um, you know, my biweekly newsletter that I send out. And mm-hmm. I, you know, you, in those things, you're always inevitably asking people to do something. Sign up for my course. Buy my UX cards. Buy my book. You know, hire me. Blah blah blah. Which is kind of the point of them. But I sent out one where I just said. You know, I always do that. Why don't... Well, let's turn it around. Have you got a favour you'd like to ask me? Mm. And and I got some... Lo- I got such a lovely response from so many people. It was great. Um, <clears throat> and people mainly just said, oh, it's great. We really appreciate you what you send me. But I did get a few fa- um, requests for favours. And one of them was um, uh, a meetup group in Southampton said, why don't you come along and give a presentation? So I went along and did uh, ask me anything instead and it was just a really good evening and it was really we had a really good time so i've decided i'm going to do more this apparently see now this shocked me there's a really good little ux community going in bournemouth just down the road from me 
So I'm definitely going to get involved in that, which is brilliant. Wonderful. I really Certain enjoy Ed it. Merritt is part of that. Probably not. Probably not. Ed. He, he'll no. be part of the baking bread and barbecuing fraternity. Yes. Meet up. Yes. I, I, yeah. But I have to tell, sorry, all the way back to the way you started that. You said, and this is really important. Mm. It's not. Um, okay. Your bi-weekly podcast. Now, bi-weekly newsletter. New, newsletter. Newsletter. Podcast is the now, thing Now, does that mean right twice now. a week or does it mean every other week? Well, guess. How, what do you think? Well, bi-weekly, I meant it as every other week. Mm. There is a um, word for we, that. but well, It's called a fortnight. But if you talk about a fortnight, Americans don't understand mm. you. But the answer is it's either. How rubbish is that? Ah, that is really useless. Mm. Yeah. They changed it. Biannual means twice a year. And they, yeah. they, they, somebody created another word called biennial for every other word of the year. But bi-monthly means twice a month or every other month. Bi-weekly uh, means the same. Oh, that's useless. Yeah. So, so I got my, um, I, I took in of, of designers and, and, and next season of the podcast and UI designers and that kind of stuff. I got myself into trouble again on Twitter. Uh-oh. I missed more, this. But more importantly, I got someone else into trouble, which is a lot more fun, right? I thought you were going to feel bad about that then for a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't mind getting other people into trouble. Oh, I did. Like, no, no I, I did see it. I did see it. Yes. It, it, it really, <laughs> I, I was somewhat shocked at the response I got. So, so I tweeted, I, there's a great, I w- watched um, a really great um, presentation uh, called Beyond the Tipping Point by uh, Jared Spool, who is is an absolute hero of mine. Um, and it's a really good presentation. And um, in the presentation, he said, anyone who influences the outcome of a design is making design decisions and is therefore a designer. Um, and I was, so I tweeted that. Mm-hmm. which I thought was a very reasonable comment. Mm-hmm. And I kind of could see where he was coming from. Um, but a lot of people really didn't like that idea. Well, designers didn't like that idea. <laughs> that Essentially, we've reduced their career to nothing. And, you know, but I don't think that, I mean, in my mind, that wasn't what he was getting at. He was just saying, he wasn't saying they were good designers or trained designers but, you know, if you're influencing a design and you're making design decisions, either consciously or subconsciously, then in a sense, you're a designer. I thought that made perfect sense. It's a funny one, isn't it? I mean, again, referring to how probably most of this, this particular podcast episode is going to run, I could sign off my emails as Marcus Lillington, UX designer. Yeah. Because uh, I do UX design quite a lot of yeah. the time. But I feel very strange about doing that because I've had no training in it. So yeah. I can see why people take the other, you know, if you have had loads of training, if you've been to, you know, university and done design and studied all the great designers of the 20th century, et cetera, et cetera, that that kind of comment could get up your nose a bit. So, Well, could- I have done all of those things. Mm-hmm. And, and I consider myself a professional designer. Um, and I, but that doesn't mean I don't see other people as designing whether you call it and so therefore in a sense they're designers right Mm -hmm. they're shit designers sometimes um you know doing a logo (laughs) yeah exactly um it doesn't mean that what they produce is always good although sometimes it is Mm -hmm. um 
And I think as designers, we can be very dismissive of, of people that come from a non-design background, that they can't have good ideas, and that's bollocks. But I think, I mean, I, I think it's the context that matters, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, um, and in this particular case, um, what Jared was getting at in the, in the um, presentation was that there are all these people across the organization effectively making design decisions from senior executives through to project managers through to developers, all of which are affecting the user experience and, uh, and um, uh, having an impact on design. And therefore, our job as professional designers is to ensure that those people are making good design decisions right that they're they're being educated and informed about making good design because the alternative is you try and hoard everything and that only the designers make the decisions but actually that doesn't well it's not scalable for a start Mm. and also it's naive to think that that's ever going to happen the reality is that you know there are always going to be people making decisions that impact to design beyond you know just pure designers um, and so it's our job to help educate people and to improve, you know, and become design leaders is what he was kind of inspiring people to be. Mm. There's, um, also, there's also this yeah. kind of, uh, to dig up another uh, Twitter discussion, is the, you know, what is a designer? I know we've kind of stopped. Mm. It could be anybody who's making design, design decisions. But, you know, there is this, I'm a designer, you usually tend to, that usually tends to mean I do visual, visual stuff. I design logos, for example, yeah. or I do user interfaces and that kind of thing. Um, but someone who designs an engine or someone mm-hmm. someone that designs a wireframe, maybe, and this is when we're yep. getting into that kind of slightly kind of what is a designer territory. Yeah, I think that people in the, using the kind of visual designer type thing, the people who do design logos, interface, and that kind of thing, I think there's a certain amount of you're born with it. I think it's, mm-hmm. it's you can learn it. You can learn about kind of rules that go with graphic design, et cetera, et cetera. But I think that you tend to have to have a bit of spark in that area to be any good at it. Whereas learning about uh, researching the inputs into creating a good wireframe is something you can learn. And I don't think, yeah. I don't think that you do need to have a kind of natural talent at that and I've written about that. And all I've, I've, I've said all of that is to prove that I have written a blog post. Oh, there you go. <laughs> a long well time done. ago. It was about yeah. two years ago, but it does happen. So yeah. that's a good place to start that I do do that sort of thing once in a while. Which brings us nicely <laughs> onto the topic for today. Yeah. Um, so so we've been talking about content marketing. And, and, and as I, I think I've said on a previous show, the entire season was basically about getting Marcus to, to market Headscape properly. Um, so, so you know, we kind of skirted around it with very various guests, but this show where the rubber re- meets the road, right? So, uh, what we're going to expose you to is is essentially conversations that me and Marcus have kind of had a little bit behind the scenes for ages, right? About since I've left Headscape, about how yeah, Headscape needs to do more marketing, more promotion, um, and that kind of stuff. And so I'm going to share a little bit about what I do with Boag Works, which is my own business now, 
um, with the idea that maybe Marcus can do some of those things himself um, and introduce those into to, um, Headscape's working practices. And my hope is that while we have that conversation, that maybe there's some stuff that you can um, integrate into your business, whether that is running your own agency, being a freelancer, or even in-house for, for you know, an organization that's selling a product or something like that. It, all of these all of the advice uh, or the, the experiences that I share, I think, would be applicable in all of those situations. So I thought a good place to start, Marcus, mm-hmm. was what's stopping you? Why? Why? Because let's be honest, other than this podcast, really, you guys do nothing from a marketing point of view. It's all word of mouth now, isn't it? Yes. I mean, to say nothing is too strong, but the occasional blog post, that's it. Yeah. Um, And uh, I like writing, and I think Chris does as well a bit. I'm 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 going to go back on what I've just said. Chris has agreed to speak at a conference. Wow. I know. Wow, I fell off my chair as well. He tried to get me to do it, and I, and I said, and to the point of him saying, you know, I'll fret about it, I'll fret about it, it's him saying, I'll fret about it, and I said, all right, then I'll do it. And he said, no, no, I've got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's like, so it's like he's going to be um, uh, talking at a, uh, a sort of charity tech kind of conference mm-hmm. um, that's run by um, – uh, one of the payment providers for the, the charities use. So, hooray. Mm. So it's hooray. so little steps, very tiny yeah. steps, but but yeah, generally speaking, we don't do enough. Um and what's stopping me? I I think and I was earlier on I I started to write things down about this. Uh and I think one of the things that that's stopping me is that I know I can do it and I know the rest of the guys can kind of can do it but what we have a habit of doing is there'll be a bit of a flurry and then it'll fizzle out for a while yeah there'll be nothing nothing at all and i know that's bad so therefore i don't do anything at all Mm -hmm. do you see what i mean it's kind of like a backwards logic to that but i kind of just go well i don't want to make this big fanfare and go and maybe do something that people like and then there's just silence for six months Mm. um so i'm so it all of this kind of comes down to a worry really um but that's that's one of them the other one is that <coughs> this is the stuff that you do paul that's not what i do i do kind of sales and lots of other things and mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm talking about hosting today of all things with a client um Ooh. so uh, you know i it, marketing that's not what i do that's what paul does <laughs> so uh so you know there, it, it's going down to i'm not any good at it really um, ah okay um, but is that do you, do you honestly think that, or is it, or is that just an excuse? A bit of both, because I yeah. kind of generally think, uh, you know, we've talked about imposter syndrome many times on this podcast yeah, yeah, with, yeah. with other people, uh, and I feel like I'm the biggest imposter in the entire industry. Um, most yeah. of the time, I don't have, a, don't care. It's fine, whatever. Um, but I've got, as I mentioned earlier about design training, I don't have any training at all. I don't, I, I'm a musician. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I did, and then I kind of wandered into doing this, and then wandered into doing that, and I've ended up here. Um, but you've wandered into it for a very long time now. Yeah. So even if you started from zero knowledge after what fifteen, twenty years, surely you end up knowing something. Yeah, and I'm I'm intelligent enough to realise that, um, and I can 
talk endlessly about the things we do. So, yes, I must know something. Yeah, but I know what you mean. Imposter syndrome isn't logical, is it? No, not at all. So then you think, well, I'm just lazy then. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to add to my workload. Who does? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Um, But I'm not really that lazy. I I get up early and I get on with it and I, Mm -hmm. you know, I work pretty hard. Um, but with this task, maybe I am. Maybe, but as you say, it might be just an excuse. Um, what's the next thing I've written here? I like writing. I do like writing. But I don't like having to write. Okay. Um, that's, and I can compare that exactly the same with making music. When I stopped being a professional musician, uh, well, not immediately, but I stopped being a professional musician. That's when my kids were tiny, so I was kind of taken up with with babies and things like that. And then I met some guys locally, and I joined a band. And I can remember at the time saying it was the best musical experience I've ever had. And it's basically because it was all for fun, and and there was no pressure on it whatsoever, and it just was wonderful. Mm -hmm. And if I write now, and I do, I mentioned earlier, I was kind of joking with it, but I do write the odd article. It's because I want to, and Mm -hmm. I enjoy writing something I want to write. But if I've got to, if it's Monday and I've got to write something, then it suddenly stops being something I'm enjoying doing. Or I think, yeah. I think that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so what else have I written? Oh yeah, I've written this. And this is me getting maybe a little bit deep, deeper on it. It's the unmeasurability of it, and what I mean by, yeah. by that is, if I do a lot of work in this area. I can't guarantee that that will equal piece of work. Nice new shiny client comes mm-hmm. in the door later on. It's all kind of just a bit fuzzy. Woolly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which doesn't mean that it, you know, I'm perfectly aware that you need to do that, but it's that's another reason why it would get pushed to the back and pushed to this kind of back burner. Yeah. burner. Cause there's something far more important in air quotes um, that I should be doing because it's more, you know, it relates to a client that needs dealing with right now. Yeah. Um, so it's that kind of wooliness and fuzziness. Um, and to finish this off, uh, I'm not that keen on the idea of marketing at all. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like being marketed to. I never no. have. Um, so therefore, I've always been a bit squirmy about doing it myself. Uh, and then maybe maybe don't take it as seriously as I should. This is all kind of I'm, I'm saying these things knowing what the right thing is to do here. But I'm, you said so. What's stopping you? So I'm, I'm yeah. trying to get deep, I, deep down inside. And I think it's because I don't take it that seriously. Yeah. And I think that's and I think it's good to say that because I think everything you've just listed a lot. I hear from a lot of other people. Mm. You know, marketing feels a little bit dirty, doesn't it? And a bit kind of you're manipulating people or you're, you know, you're you're having to whore yourself out (laughs) for want of a better word. Um, And it's much nicer to think that you can just sit back and everybody admires your work and goes, oh, I want to work with them. Mm. Um, The unmeasurability I really associate with as well, especially by our point in our career. Mm. Um, because I think both of us, I think both Headscape and myself could sit on our laurels to some degree and just live off of the back of, um, word of mouth and, and reputation. Yeah. I mean, um, we've, we've made a, a conscious decision not to grow. Uh, mm. and, and part of that is because we think we can survive if, uh, you know, without, 
mm-hmm. you know, we, we can survive off reputation. Uh, I mean, mm. whether whether we can survive for another ten or fifteen years, which is probably realistically how long we've got till we retire, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. And that's why this mm. is serious, and I do need to take it seriously. But you know, w- w- if we don't market, we won't suddenly have no business. Yeah. And that, which is a difficult challenge to mm. face, isn't it? And especially, especially when you get busy as well, you you know you think, well, everything's going great. I don't need to market. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, then things slow down um, because you're not marketing, or potentially. Um, and then, so you go into this frenzy of marketing, and everything gets busy again. And then you slow down and don't market as much, and you uh, you get this kind of boom bust. But also. There's such a delay between doing the marketing activity and getting the return from it. Mm. And it's not like you write one blog post and you know you get X number of leads off of it. You know, it's a cumulative effect um, that kind of grows over time. That's the thing with me because it's like, Mm. well, you know, if you do – if I do loads of marketing – activity will it actually mean we'll get more work i i logic says to me yes you like you get you're spreading the word further which means more people talk about you etc etc but it it does it's this again it's the unmeasurability thing it doesn't one doesn't equal the other there's lots of bits in between yeah and and well i mean it's sometimes it is and sometimes it isn't so for example i did a a, a presentation a webinar for terminal four um i think it was last week um uh, and which was great you know it was actually a paid piece of work so it wasn't really marketing in a sense but it was um but immediately after that i got an email from somebody saying hey we'd love you to speak at our away day i really enjoyed your webinar yeah so sometimes yeah. there is a direct relationship mm-hmm. but where it gets kind of more uh, circumvent is would i have got that gig to do the webinar if I wasn't blogging or podcasting every week. You know, there was very much a direct relationship between, in my career at least, of of when I started to put out content, then I started to get approached asking me Mm. to speak at conferences, then I started to get book offers, and so one kind of built on the other. Um, But it's a cumulative effect that, that happens over years rather than necessarily being kind of a magic formula that gives you results straight away. And I think that's problematic. Yeah. That lack of causal effect. Yes, exactly. And it takes me right back to sort of the first point, which is I'm worried about putting a load of effort into something that fizzles out. Yeah, <laughs> need, yeah. Need to keep on doing it. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't, I'm not sure I necessarily agree with you wholeheartedly that it has to be, you know, you have to put something out weekly or daily or whatever. I think it just has to be regular. Um, uh, yes, and uh, no, I would agree with that. You know, I think it's fine to put. So, I think there is a certain threshold where it becomes, you know, putting something out quarterly, for example. I think probably would be too big a gap. Well, maybe not. I don't know. But it's the yeah. regularity of it, exactly. I think, that's more important than the frequency of it, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, and this whole thing about, uh, I think, you know, kind of marketing feeling a little bit dirty um, or or not particularly pleasant. I, you see, that I can, I can associate with as well, which is why I think that the stuff that I tend to put out is more for... Um, has got to have value in its own right. 
you know it's not i i like i hate writing product reviews because someone's paid me to because that doesn't feel real mm. or i hate you know i i wouldn't you, you've got to produce value in itself for the people that are reading it and i think that's that you know that's the difference between maybe content marketing and traditional marketing you're not just broadcasting at people you're offering them content of value um, and you're sharing your expertise is what we're basically mm. talking about um, and that you know I, th- I see that um, as more than just a marketing effort that's uh, that's uh, you know teaching people stuff you know I see myself primarily as an educator with what I put out you know and and, and Boag World in this podcast has got to be primarily an educational resource um, or a community resource. And the fact that it wins me work sometimes is kind of a secondary part of it. And I think it still is um, even now, especially now, to be honest, because now I've kind of reached the point where work kind of comes in by itself. um, And so, you know, it's become more as a, it's just something I do and it's, you know, it's people know me and they kind of, they respect what I've got to say and that's great. And so I want to keep sharing what I've done. So it's got to be more behind it than just a marketing effort. Otherwise it's going to feel like, you know, something that you kind of ugh, struggle to do. Mm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And that's what makes it particularly difficult when it's not something you don't do naturally. Which I've yeah, heard. but we'll cover that later. I'm, I'm yeah. going to talk about that in a yes. bit. So, I mean, okay, let's let's talk about finding some time for this um, because I think time is the biggest problem. Yeah. So, so how I deal with it, and by the way, this doesn't need to be blogging necessarily, right? This podcast is an example of it. You could do video, YouTube videos. You could just do social media stuff. You could be actively involved in um, a, a kind of an open source thing if you were a developer. You could be posting to Dribble or whatever, whatever it is for you. But I think what what's necessary is to kind of ring fence some time to do that kind of stuff, to actively engage with a, a wider audience beyond clients and your colleagues at work. That's how I view it. Mm. It's about engaging with people outside of your immediate network. Um, so perhaps it's more networking, which equally people find just as distasteful. <laughs> um, but, you know, you learn a lot through doing stuff as well as putting content out. So for me, that is, I ring fence Mondays for it. So every Monday, um, I dedicate to doing marketing. So sometimes it kind of shifts around a little bit. And sometimes I do stuff on other days and all the rest of it. But primarily, most Mondays um, are set aside for this. So um, normally on a Monday, I'll write a blog post. Um, and I'll record this show, which is what we're doing today. Mm. Most times it's Monday, not always, but, um, so, and then every other week I also write the newsletter. So that's, so, um, that's kind of the three pillars of what I'm putting out every week, but I don't think it's necessary to do that much for most people. Um, I've, and, and going back to what you were saying about you, you don't want to start something that fizzles out. Mm. I think that's the real danger. If you say, I'm going to do a newsletter and I'm going to do a blog post and I'm going to do, you know, Mm. so you get one thing that's working regularly for you, which you've kind of already got in the podcast and then you build on it and you add more to it. Um, so, you know, I didn't 
I started blogging and then I added the podcast and then I added the newsletter over time as I knew I could sustain it. Mm. Um, because, of course, the more you do it, the easier it gets as well. Um, so, for example, if you look at the editing of the podcast that you do, it doesn't take you that long compared to what it would have done previously, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, the technical issues aside, that's kind of true. Yeah. So, um, so it's about finding a regular time because if you don't find a regular time, I think, like you say, it always gets pushed out by the stuff. Mm. So, you know, um, so so that's one part of it. Also, I think if if you look at it and you start going, well, I, I just don't have the time to do that. You know, I just, I couldn't make the time. Not necessarily a whole day, but however much it is. Then I, I, that, that rings alarm bells in terms of the rate that you're charging out at. Um, you know, whether actually you're not charging enough if you're not allowing some marketing and sales overhead in that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's not, that's not the case with Headscape, I know, because uh, you, you could make the time if you wanted to. I think I could. Um, and I think Chris could as well. Um, but not all the time. That's my concern here. Sometimes we're absolutely. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm, you know, I, I go away for a week and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm running workshops for a whole week. I mean, that's pretty rare, but it does happen. Um, yeah. And that, but this, when I was reading these points earlier, I thought, well, does that mean we should be hiring somebody else to do this? <laughs> and it's like, because um, could we afford to do it? Possibly. I mean, not. You know, could we afford someone for half a day a week? Yeah, I mean, we probably could. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's that's certainly an option. You could go down that route. I'm mm. not a huge fan of it mm. because I don't think then you get the other values that come from doing this kind of stuff. So, so for example, you know, I do it as – I mean, we're, we're going to touch on this mm. later, but I do it as much as a learning experience for me and as a, as a way of me articulating the things that I'm learning mm. and – you know, as uh, and being a reference piece of reference material and various other reasons. So there are other benefits to doing this kind of stuff. You know, and if you get somebody else to do it, you're not you're not mm. getting those benefits. What, um, what I've got in my head is just someone to beat me with a stick, really. Someone yeah. to make me do it. And yeah. If, and if you're paying that person, <laughs> then yes. then you would that really would make you do it. And you know, they they you know maybe they would do some element of it. I don't know. I've got no idea. This is completely yeah. And I head. don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I think that that's you know that's some so certainly something that's worth considering. Mm. Um, but I, but I would say you could be doing it all the time, Marcus, if you planned ahead a little bit. <laughs> You know, I have I have weeks where I go away for a week to a conference or <laughs> yes, I'm working on site with a client yeah. and and it's simply a matter of oh okay, well we've got to record two podcasts this week. You know, I mean you go away on holiday sometimes and we still manage to get the podcast out every week. Oh, I end up editing them when I'm on holiday though. Well, that's that's just because you're badly organized. <laughs> no, it's because you can't do it. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, there is a degree of that. Um, well, no, I can do it. Of course I can do it. It's just I don't do it to the standard you expect. Yes, but my, my point is, all right, then, uh, take it another way. You know, I went away for three weeks to Canada recently, and I still put out a blog post every week. Yeah, I know. I'm, uh, I was just being cheeky, Paul. You're absolutely right. If you're organized, then you can take all these things into account. Yes, of course yeah. you can. Um, 
And, and the other way is, you know, if you're if you really are struggling to do it, then then you know, then maybe you need to do it in an evening once in a while. I mean, that's how Boag World started. You guys, I remember, I mean, I don't suppose you do because, you know, you get selective memory over these kinds of things. But I remember that you guys thought I was it was a waste of time. And actually, I was doing it in the evenings because you didn't, you couldn't at the time see the value of it. And it, by the way, this was a long time ago before anybody really saw the value of things like blogging. <laughs> um, but, you know, and so I just did it in the evening. And then as we began to see the returns of it, then it became a little bit you know more worthwhile doing and that kind of stuff so it might be that you need to you know if you mm. not not you marcus but the the <laughs> listener because yeah. i think you could find time yeah i could game. i could definitely um the other thing that i try so so we've got the blog post we've got the podcast we've got the newsletter and then we've i also try and read every evening so i try and read three articles an evening i don't always see, this is where i do fall down but that's the principle, as I should re- – you know, we should be learning anyway. Do you see what I mean? We've mm-hmm. all got to learn. Um, and then um, I try and then turn that into – that either becomes inspiration for my own blog posts or alternatively, you know, social media shares and updates and that kind of stuff. So uh, that's why uh, anything like this, because it is such a time commitment, I have to get more value out of it than – just being some theoretical marketing return that's quite hard to measure. You know, it's got to teach me something. I've got to learn something. It's got to have more value. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I I don't read anywhere near enough um, industry, air quotes again, um, related Mm -hmm. stuff. Do some, but not as much as I I should, as I've I've often joked, but it isn't really a joke. I I learn everything from this show. Mm. So um, because... You know, we we have fantastic guests on pretty much every week who are talking about all sorts of different things, and I'm like, hmm, that's great. I'm picking up loads and loads and loads of stuff. Yeah, uh, uh, this is something that I could change easily because I'm always reading stuff, but it tends to be more general news related. Or my my personal favourite reading is nearly mm-hmm. always fiction, but mm-hmm. I can replace that easily. And this is this is what this is the thing that I think I should do first. So yes, yeah, I could. I would agree. I could decide. Right, I'm every. I don't know. Thursday afternoon, I'm going to spend three hours doing this, and then I'm going to dive straight into writing blog posts and whatever. That I think maybe the, the first thing to do, sort of this little steps type type of thing, is to start just absorbing, 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 and reading yeah. more. Basically, yes, 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 yes. Uh, and totally agree with that. Yeah, and then then take it from there. And and the great what will happen is. Right, you'll read something. You'll read an article. There'll be some quote that jumps out at you. You think that's really cool, mm. and so what you then need to do is not just stop there of going that's really cool, but turn that into a LinkedIn update, right? Where you quote the bit for in that you've just read, mm. and then put a couple of lines about why you think it's cool, and then a link back to the source and yep. share that. Mm-hmm. You know, just doing that. Well, you know, and, but what you need to do is you need to make sure you get a tool like Buffer, the Buffer mobile app, right? Um, and why that's so good is because then obviously you're going to sit and read those um, those points all at the same time. You know, you're going to read all your articles in the evening or whatever. Um, and so so as a result, you need to um, have a tool that spreads them out when yeah. they're po- uh, posted. Um 
So, so absolutely. I mean, I think that's a, that would be such a great shot. And it like three articles is thirty minutes tops every day. Mm. It's not a lot, is it? Really? I do have a p- bit of a problem with not finishing articles, though. I have it. <laughs> and that's just a personal thing, but maybe I'll, I'll read it and go, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's an interesting point, and then be distracted by something. Or, uh, but that's okay. Yeah. I, I think if you know, if you get to a point where you've got the gist of the article, or it's not particularly inspiring you, move on. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's so much content out there. Um, you know, and I just, I, you know, Instapaper is such a great reading app on on um, the iPhone, and it can deliver to the Kindle if you prefer to that as well. Um, and and then you just send it from you you know pull out a bit you send it from Instapaper onto Buffer and that shares it onto LinkedIn and Twitter so you know it's it's easy job so yeah I'd agree that's a great point to to start with I will uh, and then another thing that w- works really well uh, is to make yourself accountable in some way um, so the fact that we we say a podcast goes out every Thursday you know that that makes sure it happens mm-hmm. doesn't it. Nothing you know? like a deadline to focus the mind. Exactly. Now, you won't get that from your social updates, but maybe when you start blogging, mm. you know, or you, you start combining those different updates together into a newsletter, for example, because um, that's quite an easy one to do, where you send out a fortnightly newsletter that is all the latest articles that you've read, right? So that's mm. a nice, easy next step. Um, then you want to start committing yourself, you know, it goes out every Tuesday or whatever, because that helps. Let's take a little pause um, and just talk about our sponsor, and then um, we'll we'll dive back into the conversation, look a little bit more, and not so much time, which is what we've been looking at so far, but making blogging happening, uh, or, or not even blogging, podcasting as well, or videos or whatever else. Anyway, um, our sponsor is Resource Guru, um, uh, which is all very relevant in terms of available time and, and that kind of thing, because Resource Guru helps you find that kind of time. But particularly this time of year, it's quite a useful tool to have because we've got the holiday season fast approaching, which means that we've got a lot of projects to square away, but also a lot of people going on holiday and um, taking vacations. And that all gets really confusing. And you end up with a lot of last minute scheduling mishaps because there's so many different moving parts. Everybody wants their project done before Christmas and Mm -hmm. all of that kind of thing. So um, having something like Resource Guru helps to kind of avoid those problems and enables you to relax a little bit more. It's a fast, simple way to plan your projects um, so that you can take that time off over Christmas. Um, It gives you an accurate, up-to-date view of everything that's going on, who's busy, who's available, what they're doing. So you can be a lot more confident about your projects and whether they're on track um, and what uh, resources you need in order to be able to deliver those projects before the holidays um, uh, start really kind of biting and everybody disappears. Um, And you don't want to be spending Christmas working to meet those unexpected deadlines. Um, Used by all kinds of organizations, including Headscape, uh, but also Apple, Uber, Ogilvy, NASA. A lot more impressive organizations than Headscape, to be honest. Considerably, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You can start your free trial by going to resourceguru.io forward slash Boag World. You can subscribe using the coupon Boag2017. Um, and you'll get 20% off the lifetime of your account, which is obviously a hugely good deal. So that's Resource Scurry. Yeah, so one of the things I kind of hinted at a lot when we were talking a minute ago was the, the idea that you need to have some kind of 
motivation beyond just you know oh this might have an, a marketing benefit because that goes back to what you were saying about you don't know when that's going to happen mm-hmm. or there's no direct correlation um so i think this is a really big one so for me i think even if nobody read my blog i would still blog yep um and that's there's kind of three reasons for me for that the first one is that when i learn something new it kind of buzzes i don't know whether other people have this problem Perhaps it's a shortcoming in my own mental processes or something, but stuff kind of buzzes around in my head um, and it feels like lots of fragmented pieces. Um, And I need a way of processing what I've learned. And also I know I've got, so, so, so writing it down in a blog post helps me to process it and get it all straight in my head if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. um, so, for example, um, this coming week, well, no, it'll already come out by the time this podcast comes out. I've written a blog post about how to go from um, uh, to, 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 to gather, gathering user questions all the way through card sorting and top task analysis all the way to an information architecture for your site. And the reason I wrote that is because I've had – I've been talking about this a lot with various clients, but it felt a little fragmented in my head and I needed to kind of get it all down in a, in a logical way. So I blog partly because of that. The other, the other reason I blog is because I have this horrendous memory <laughs> um, and, and writing something helps me remember it. But also then I can search on my own blog posts. I think I said this before on a previous show um, that I probably use my own search as much as I use the Google search. Um, so it's this huge repository of great reference material that that um, helps clarify things. And then finally, also, it looks really impressive to clients. You know, if you can say, um, if you have sort of a conversation with uh, with a client and they ask a question, you say, you give them the answer and you say, and here's a resource which repeats all of that. And it's all laid out very neatly for you. Or putting it in proposals when you want to kind of, you know, explain a bit more detail about what information architecture is or whatever else. That having this repository of posts is just so valuable and looks so, so impressive. Yeah. I mean, so sorry. there are lots of reasons to do it beyond just, you know, because um, it's marketing. Yeah, and that last point actually really relates to why I would be doing this. Um, mm. You know, I, I, how can I put this? It, it, I'm not expecting any kind of Headscape blog to be a great resource that thousands of people kind of refer to mm. a lot. It's more, it, it, it's, it, it's a case of it would be, it, it could help us um, talk to clients um yeah and if you've got something that's not just the the proposal because proposals are very salesy really um it it would help that process but Mm. as you said you would blog if nobody read it and i wouldn't that's the difference here Um, yeah and therefore that's why i like the idea of getting more into reading um because that might make that might inspire more things because i feel Mm. i have to be inspired to write something so i need more inspiration points um to to make that happen at least i like writing because a lot of people don't like writing i mean that's Mm. that's a Mm. you know that's one point that i don't have to worry about um Although I am a bit too fussy about it when I write, I don't know if you talk about that <laughs> on here. But I I don't particularly, but yeah, that is a that is a big problem, isn't it? Mm. I know a lot of people struggle with that. 
But yeah, you know, um, I've just got to maybe try and get over that, or just put more effort in. That's what, what mm. this all this boils down to is just putting a bit more effort in, really. Mm. Um, and uh, if I and you mentioned something earlier about once you get started, it becomes easier, mm. and that's the same with a lot of things, isn't it? Once you, yeah, once, of course. Once, you know, no one likes a blank page, do they? Um, even writing a blog post is much easier when you're two thirds of the way through it. Uh, and I think this whole process, if there is a, uh, if there's a kind of backlog of stuff that's happened for two years, then it'll become more uh, of a habit and it'll be that much easier. I'm thinking. Mm. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> I, and keeping that list of ideas as well mm. of inspiration, I think is a really important one um, so that you're not just sitting down and going, okay, what am I going to write now? Mm. I mean, I do that in things, the, the, the task organizer. And I basically have three types of, of posts that I have. Mm. So I have, new posts so new ideas that have inspired me then i have um old posts that i want to rewrite because they're a bit out of date so i and now my my own blog is has become my own inspiration because i've been doing it for so long which is quite nice mm. um because you can look back at stuff and go oh that's kind of moved on a bit or mm. to you know it'd be good to update my thinking on that mm. Um, and then the final one is I have what are called cornerstone <laughs> posts, which are, are longer pieces that draw together various strands on a subject. So, for example, I've written loads of stuff about writing for the web. So I need to have something that kind of unifies that and holds it all together. Um, but again, that's something that's as much for me as it is for the reader, because you know, obviously, I'm not going to remember all the nuances of every article I've ever written on writing for the web. So having this kind of one stop shop that then points me at the right articles mm. is really useful. But of course, that's also useful for the reader. So, you know, again, it's it, always having that 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 kind of different, uh, you know, the different reasons for doing it. You've got to always mm. have more than one reason for doing it, I think. Okay. Um, the other thing that I do is I map out a little bit ahead and this is the problem with you talking about I need inspiration to write. Mm. Um, that means you're never getting ahead of yourself, particularly. Well, um, yeah, I'm, what I'm hoping will happen is that I will be inspired. If I start reading more, I'll be inspired more and I will make a list. Because as, yeah. as I've said, I'm I'm not intending to do this massively uh, frequently just want yeah. to do it regularly so it doesn't yeah I, you know i, I if, if i look back at the things i've written over the last three years say um then there'll be like a the, the usually there's two or three that i'll write and in mm -hmm. a month or two and then there'll be six months with nothing what i want to mm. do is kind of one a month maybe maybe one every yeah. fortnight something like that uh, but i'm hoping yeah. that i'll i'll the inspirations I'll, I'll i'll have many inspirations that will just go into the kind of that's something you could write about in two months time yeah. Uh, yeah. But, so, um, yeah, so I basically, this is where I use co-schedule, which mm. we talked about obviously last week, where I, I kind of, I've got about a month of posts mapped out ahead. Um, and they normally have even a few bullet points of what I'm going to cover so that when I, I know what I've got to write next, um, and, and there's a framework around which I start writing. Um, and then I try and write at least one week ahead right. of what's currently going on so i don't need to panic too much um so you know scheduling is a way of avoiding that kind of oh shit i've got right something feeling um and and getting ahead of yourself because that you know like you say i don't think anybody likes sitting down and thinking i have to write something 
and there is a pressure to do it right now you know yeah that's what i want to avoid yeah very much. which is which is why you need to build up a few ahead of yourself yeah um you know write a load and don't publish them mm. yet yeah you know so you've got half a dozen behind you um uh, and then going back to the the whole business of you saying about being too picky I mean, that's where it comes back to Ernest Hemingway's great quote of write drunk, edit sober. (laughs) Um, You know, so when you first write it, you just got to write through without thinking, you know, as if you were having a conversation with someone Um, and then you go back and be picky afterwards. Um, But your first go through, you've just got to let it, you know, let it happen, really. Um, but we kind of we've kind of done this a little bit in more depth when we talked about blogging with uh, Vitali earlier mm. in the season. So I won't necessarily go into all of that. But basically, it boils down to I do an initial pass, I then um, edit it, um, I then put a bit of thought into SEO these days. But again, that's not essential if I'm honest. Um, but you know, as you become more confident, you you introduce more complexity into it. So I spend a bit of time on SEO, adding imagery. You guys are rubbish at that. <laughs> when you write posts, you never put any imagery in it. And it means that they just look like this intimidating block of text. Yeah, so, oh, yeah we do. At least we're not. It's, at least it's not two enormous paragraphs anymore. At least it's kind no. of broken up with headings and things. But You're yeah, getting there. Imagery is a funny one, isn't it? It's kind of like. <sighs> I often feel that I'm, I might kind of hunt around for something that I think is may be relevant and then i'll look at it and i'll go nah that looks like it's trying too hard so i just don't do anything yeah i do know what you mean i do understand it and sometimes i feel like i'm putting images in for the sake of it Mm. but then i always put captions with my images and then i try and make the the caption be a kind almost like a pull out quote in another form if that makes sense yeah if it's relevant then yeah it's easy if you, you know let's say we're talking a case study for example um which is not what we're talking about here but that's a much easier thing to fill with images because you're talking about usually talking yeah, about, yeah. about a website so it's easy but if you're just talk, talking about something that's a bit more ethereal for want of a better word then it's it's it, it's harder to find images well i find it mm. anyway it's a tricky one mm. um so then i always record an audio version of it as well um because i find that a little bit more approachable a little bit more human and i know a lot of people like that um so i've been doing that and that seems to have gone down really well and again that goes back to the recycling thing we talked about didn't we um uh, you know in a a previous episode Uh, and then i go through and prepare all the social media updates and that's a nice thing you can do in co-schedule so you can set your blog post to uh post and then as soon as it does um, a whole load of social media shed, um, updates associated with it. So I usually um, uh, send updates twice on the day it's published um, for different time zones. I've got one that goes out the next day, one that goes out the next week, and then one that goes out the next month. Um, and and I make sure there's a nice image associated with every post that goes out as well so it gets the maximum you know exposure it possibly can. So it's not that much work. I reckon I spend three hours on a blog post. Mm. I spend something like I that. spend a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. that's just you know it's, it's, it's practice. Yeah, exactly. It's getting good at something, isn't it? You, yeah. Well, we're mass- running massively behind schedule. Have you noticed that? Uh, yeah. What are we at now? We're at fifty-four minutes. <laughs> Oops. I know. <laughs> so we better do our second sponsor. <laughs> Um, which is gather content. 
so Gather Content has been supporting the whole season. They're a great tool for managing the content on your website, app, or even social media campaign for that matter. Um, so it's great for gathering and organizing website content in a single place. You can create an inventory of all your content. You can define your site map. You can even create templates to help con- uh, contributors know um you know how they've got to add content or that they are adding it in a structured way and thinking about the right kind of things and that kind of stuff you can import content um into pretty much any content management system or certainly a shitload of them um from gather content or i suppose you're exporting whatever importing exporting depending on how you're looking at it Mm. exporting it from gather content into a cms um, you can also define your requirements and rules for any content, any workflows, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's really, it really is a, just a lifesaver um, in terms of uh, dealing with content-heavy websites and getting content into those websites. So you can do a 30-day free trial, no need for a credit card or anything like that. Just go to gathercontent.com forward slash boagworld and check it out. Um, I'm not sure whether to do this. I was going to talk a little bit about social, but um, I'm wondering whether we need to perhaps save that for another time because we're kind of going so long. I don't know. What do you think, Marcus? What Should we keep going? Yeah, keep going. We'll just we'll steam through it. Okay. So, um, because really this is almost more relevant to you, isn't it? Because this is the bit that you want to do next is the um, the more kind of social aspects of it, you know, maybe updating LinkedIn or Twitter or based on what you're reading. Yes, Exactly. Yeah. I mean, as, as I've already said, the, the reading thing is as much for inspiration uh, for, for blogging. But yeah, I, if it, all it does is inspire some social media updates, that'd be a start. It would wouldn't be it? a start. Exactly. Yeah. So I basically have two types of social media updates that I have. There are the ones that, um, that are scheduled and then there's the ones that are spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have a collection of um, uh, 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 social media updates that are recycled and sent out on a pseudo regular basis and and that might be you know quite a prolonged basis so i i basically have one two three four five different lists um some of which have got you know loads of updates in some have less and they're sent to you know send out every you know you can send one from this list every week and three from this list etc and co-schedule basically just regurgitates these so it means that i don't have to constantly become coming up with new content Mm. for social media platforms that makes sense marcus i don't know whether i explained that very clearly it makes complete sense and this is this is when we get into my kind of squirminess about marketing it's right and, and i'm like oh am i not going to irritate people by doing that uh, well yes if you do it too often yeah um so if you have a so so let's take for example one of my lists i'll tell you what my lists are mm. they're they're evergreen posts so these are blog posts that i know don't age mm. all right and that i want to periodically share there's the overtly promotional posts, which are, you know, hey, hire me kind of thing. There are stats and quotes, right? Um, then I've got those UX culture cards, which are pieces of advice, and there's 52 of them. And then I've got loads of examples of bad user experience um, that I, I share every now and again as well. And uh, and for example, if you take the UX cards, there's 52 because there's a pack and maybe they go out twice a week, which means you're not going to see the same card more than twice a year. Yeah. Right. 
Now, in social media terms, that's forever. Yeah. So you're not constantly bombarding people with the same content. So it's important. It's, it's the the how often um, people see them, you know, and if they are conscious that they're seeing repetition, then that gets annoying. But if they're not conscious of that, I think that's all right, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying there's any kind of um, sort of good rhyme and reason behind the what I'm saying. It's just a kind of feeling. It's like, mm. uh, you know, you can only post something once, surely. But, you know, <laughs> when you think that, what was it Nathan said last week with Twitter, that it's got like a, a, a tweet has got a 15 second life cycle. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, and it, this, that, my logic, therefore, is that everyone who would be interested in what I've got to say will see that tweet. Yeah, but they, they won't. won't. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. I, t- I I know that this w- is right um, because from my stats and quotes, right? Now, my stats and quotes list is a shorter list than many, so it's regurgitated more often than some of the others. Yet, and I've I obviously am paying attention, so I see the same quote going out or the same stat going out, but every time. I get a reaction to there's certain there's a certain stat I can't remember what it is that every time it goes out people go oh wow that's really interesting or I don't agree with that or whatever and and we'll I'll see the same debate happening every time so they're obviously and it's different people do you see what I mean yeah yeah so it's obviously they're seeing it for the first time and responding to it for the first time so I you've got to get the scheduling right too much and it's annoying. Um, but I think the principle of having a nice kind of repository of stuff to send out um, is worthwhile. And especially for evergreen posts, you know, I've got 12 years of blog posts. Mm. You know, those disappear into obscurity once they fall off the front page if I'm not tweeting about them occasionally. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just something I need to get my head around. Yeah. And I need to add, I need to expand my lists a bit more, um, if I'm honest. So I'd like to add have a list of videos. Cool. So there's so many cool UX talks and that kind of stuff that I could be sharing. Mm. Um, so having a list of those. Um, and I'd like to have another list which is kind of doing little pullouts from various, you know, quotes from articles I've written in the past where, you know, there's certain things I know – that often gets quoted that I say, and it be you know for example, um, design for somebody alienates nobody is a is a thing that people often pick up. Mm. Or another quote I said once in that something wrote something was that you know to be a great designer you need to dig a little deeper than what people say they want. Mm. Um, you know, and and so I want to collect those together and have them in a little kind of um, list mm. that can go out. So that's the scheduled stuff. Then there's the the spontaneous stuff, which is, you know, oh, I've read a post and I want to share that, right? Um, so, I, you know, I don't – I've got less time for doing that kind of stuff than I'd like these days, which is why I say I don't always read those three articles I talk about every day. Um, so the, the spontaneous stuff is a little bit harder than the scheduled stuff. So um, – I use CoSchedule to deal with that kind of scheduled list. But then if I'm reading an article, then it goes into buffer, like we were saying earlier. Mm. 
Um, so I focus primarily on Twitter and LinkedIn. Those are the two networks that I spend most of my time pushing out. But because you're using something like CoSchedule or Buffer, it's actually easy to push stuff out to Facebook and Google Plus and all the rest as well. Mm. Um, so it's not actually that difficult to post to multiple accounts. But the main two I focus on are Twitter and LinkedIn. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty much it in terms of how, how I kind of work. Yeah. Marcus, you've got this comment here, and I don't quite understand it. Why I stopped using Twitter, really? Um, that, that that's to do with this idea of annoying people, I th- right? Um, it, because on Twitter, mm. obviously, you know, there's probably a couple of thousand people still follow me on Twitter, even though I post about once every six months. I just sort of felt like I was maybe repeating myself or saying things for the sake of it. So I just mm-hmm. sort of, which is a bit like, you know, as we were just talking about, it's the idea of sort of repeating yourself. And so I just sort mm. of stopped using it. So that, that was an example of uh, of, yeah. of uh, uh, that actually happening. Um, yeah. You know, based on what I was just saying there about feeling uncomfortable about repeating stuff, I just sort of stopped using Twitter. And also... I mean, Twitter, I think Twitter has changed um, mm. in the sense that it's not what it was you know, I used to use it just to share random thoughts. Mm. Now it's become, it's almost become a replacement for RSS, right? Mm. So I, I think there's a value. I see myself as a curator for people, right? So the stuff that I push out on Twitter is useful information that people might want to know. Yeah. Right. Um, so it might be a link to a good article. It might be a quote. It might be, you know, um, a piece of inspiration, that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a, a you know, it, it's, do, do you get what I'm getting at mm. there? So, yeah, yeah. so, you know, it's useful, um, because it's a repository of useful bits and bobs. Yeah. It's kind of how I see it. And I, although I have to say, I think it's made a huge difference. Then you, did you know they've just increased the um, character count? I did. From a hundred, yes. yeah. And that I think has made quite a big difference um, in terms of uh, you know enabling you to give a bit more information. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I use I use, I tended to previously use Twitter, and, and when I occasionally still do, it's just for a sort of. A chatty remark, really. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, as you say, it's not, that's maybe not, I'm not using it properly. Well, I think you were. Yeah, mm. you are for your personal account. But mm. if you're using the Headscape account, maybe I'll do it a bit differently. Yeah. Or or even with your own account, you might choose to go, well, I'm not using it really for personal anymore. So let's make it a repository for people that have been asked to follow me, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, then this kind of comes down to the very last point I made here in in the notes, which is, I I think I said this maybe last week or recently anyway, that I write a lot of tweets and then delete them because Mm. I just sort of think, does anyone really care about that? And actually, am I right? Um, Yeah. And yet this idea of not wanting to court controversy. um, And that's something I think I need to get over a bit. Yeah, I can kind of understand that. I mean, I think what the way the advice that I tend to give people over that is um, always say you're expressing your opinion or saying I think mm. or I might be wrong, but, you know, mm. say if you say it in a softer tone um, and you caveat it, 
um, then you avoid a lot of the potential backlash. Yeah. Or I'm no expert, but in my experience, dot, 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 yeah. you know, um, that helps a lot. And then just talking about your personal experiences as well. Mm. You know, so, for example, um, today I was doing wireframing with a client and we found it was really useful to do dot, dot, dot. Mm. You know? Yep, yep, absolutely. And then also, of course, the other great one is is the, you know, just quoting something from an article. Then it's not even you that's saying it, is it? It's someone else that's saying it. <laughs> you might be and endorsing get, it, though, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, and you end up getting Jared Spool into trouble. Yes. You know, <laughs> as we started off with. So, you know, that's, uh, uh, but that, that yeah, I think everybody, and you do, sometimes you do get in trouble, you know, and you do cause a bit of a shitstorm and it is annoying but then people are always going to disagree with you mm. and we talked about this last week when as nathan said if no one's disagreeing with you then you're doing it wrong <laughs> so yeah okay anyway <laughs> i think we probably ought to wrap this show yes, up yes, aren't we? we ought it's a bit of a mammoth see this is what happens when it's just the two of us Chatty we waffle chat, on chat chat, chat, chat. chat yeah yeah <laughs> so anyway next week we're going to talk about video mm-hmm. i've no idea whether we're going to have a guest on or not yet depends whether somebody volunteers um and whether i can be asked to get around to it to finding a guest but we, i think yeah we should we should have a good show on video right marcus do you have a joke for us i do and i've i, I send myself jokes in emails uh, and i didn't say who sent this one so apologies ah. but anyway here we go what breed of dog only replies to commands in spanish go on espanol espanol oh, i like that one i like that one it's good well done marcus all right well i really enjoyed that show even if no one else did me too so it was just nice to catch up just the two of us have i tired you out my wife's gonna kill me for making the show this long she's got to transcribe at least another seven minutes coming up to eight now so we better stop quick Oh,